everybody. Good afternoon. There is a lot of news today, so I'm just going to jump right in and get started. Um, I do want to mention I'm a little dressed up because I'm going out here later, so I'm trying to <laughs> cover up a little bit. So um, I do want to mention a few things. I appreciate everybody who started watching this channel as of last month. I love you. Thank you. Please like, subscribe, and leave a comment so I can respond to you. I want this to be more of a community and we can all chat and get to know each other. I do have some special settings on the comments, so I have to approve some of them. Um, but go ahead and try to leave a comment, and if you don't see it pop up right away, I'll go in later this evening and approve all the comments, okay? So thank you so much for your love and support. I really appreciate you. So... Let's jump right in. There's a lot happening. So I first want to start off with the fact that Noah, we all remember Noah. I have her picture here. Let me bring it up. Noah, this is Noah. We all saw the video of her being abducted, we thought, by Hamas. Well, it turns out that she might have actually been abducted by Gazan civilians who came in and crossed the border on October 7th. So they're doing a full investigation about that. Um, that's really, really crappy. I try not to swear on here because it's against the YouTube rules, but that's really effed up if it wasn't actually Hamas and it was just Gazan civilians. So we pray for Noah and that is just horrible. So, there's a lot to talk about today. Let's just keep moving on. Here is an image of Hezbollah where they are active. So, the, the Hezbollah rockets attacks that have been carried out recently are near these UN-run schools and different UN-run sites. So, this is the Lebanon border with Israel, as you can see here, and the blue line, that's the border. And this is where the rockets have been coming in from. So I have a lot more images. Let me just like show you all these images about Hezbollah here really quick. So here you can see the actual drone, um, sorry, like the infographic, and if you are listening to this on one of the podcast streaming sites, I apologize, you'll have to come over to YouTube to see all of this. So here we have, um, again, just the designated area of where the attacks are coming from and where they're going, where they're headed. We have more here. Let me just start bringing up a few of these. So here's like just a few different shots. So you can really see like this is a town right here. And these different rockets are being launched straight into civilian areas. And here is a visual of the amount of rockets. So this says Hezbollah rock, rocket launching sites, UNFIL post, and LAF post. And so it's different uh, color coordinated. But you can see all of the fire uh, from southern Lebanon headed into northern Israel. And I know that I'm kind of going fast, but I have a lot to show you. So just pause the screen if you want to look at these images some more. And now here you can see a school and a UN compound. And this is where Hezbollah is launching the rockets from in Lebanon. Right here next to a school and a UN compound. And they are being 
directed into civilian populations, civilian towns inside of northern Israel. So, um, here's another one. It's a better picture to show, actually, like, from farther away, so you can see it without removing the screen. So, as you can see, they are directly on the Lebanon border. This is part of the reason why Israel was doing peace negotiations, kind of, saying um, maybe we can come to t some terms and agreements if you guys can, like, move back a few inches away. Not inches. I, I do believe it's kilometers back, like 10 kilometers back or something from the border. So that way you're not right on the border and having all of this access to just shoot rockets directly into northern Israel. As I've mentioned in other videos, they have evacuated all of these families from these towns. There are 300,000 displaced Israelis right now from the north and the south, and they've all moved either into the center or to a lot. I have a feeling a lot is probably also going to get evacuated soon too. I will get to that here in a minute. And um, I think I just showed that image. So let's keep going. Okay, so here you can see a close-up of what I was trying to show you. Here's the school, here's the UN compound, here's where they're shooting off rockets. I know I keep repeating myself, but I just want to show you the images that I have so you can see all of this. And again, they're really showing how it's just like directly right. So like this is a war crime. You're not supposed to be doing this in case anybody was confused. All right, and we have an update on uh, several more fallen soldiers over the past week. The number is now at 132 since the war started. And this is the uh, grave for the fallen soldiers. Um, I have a link here that I want to share with all of you. It goes directly to the IDF website to give you all of the up-to-date information on who these soldiers are, what the numbers are, and so you can like really get a direct idea. Now, many soldiers and policemen were killed on October 7th. So that number of 132 is only since the start of the invasion of Gaza. Um, and they heroically fell with courage and bravery, and we thank them so much for giving their lives for ours. Okay, so um, I've been watching a lot of news. So not only do I have my own WhatsApp groups where I'm receiving a lot of Israeli news updates, but then I'm also watching the news, and I have to tell you, I really dislike how a lot of people are reporting the news, which is part of the reason why I started my own podcast. So I hope some of you out there catch this and you appreciate my perspective. I am pro-Israel, but I'm also wanting to share the truth in the most upfront, honest way as possible. Yesterday we talked about how over the weekend, Israel, the IDF, did kill three hostages. So... We're being transparent here. Not everything's perfect, okay, you guys? But that's what we're doing. We're sharing the news, and we're going to keep doing that. So um, I want to read you some of these notes that I've taken. I know it's kind of a lot, but I hope you're here and sticking with me and enjoy this. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment so I can chat with you later. I want this to be a community. Um, so since October 7th, 
The Hezbollah terrorist organization has launched numerous attacks on Israel, employing rockets, anti-tank missiles, and UVAs, targeting communities and military positions in northern Israel. This sustained assault has resulted in the tragic loss of five Israeli civilians, forcing 80,000 residents in northern Israel to evacuate their homes. It's imperative to highlight that Hezbollah's actions blatantly violate UN Security Council Resolution 1701. As they persistently operate from southern Lebanon, launching projectiles and UVAs at Israel, what adds a layer of concern is their strategic choice to carry out attacks from areas proximate to UN positions and Lebanese armed forces compounds. This not only underscores Hezbollah's disregard for international resolutions, but also exposes their exploitation of institutions responsible for maintaining security in southern Lebanon in the face of these provocateurs. The IDF remains steadfast in defending Israel's northern border. The attached materials provided what I showed you already is detailing those insights into Hezbollah's operations near the LAF and the UN posts, including a map illustrating their fire trajectories from within southern Lebanon. So I showed you that already. If you want to rewind and go watch that, don't worry, I'll still be here and you can fast forward again if you want to look at those images. So... The drones and rocket attacks from Lebanon are ongoing and they have been lasting. So this update was from Israel in the morning and it's already the evening in Israel. So, um, but it was going on all morning. So there's no reprieve. And now we're going to sort of jump all around to all sorts of different news updates. So yesterday I talked a lot about the shipping companies. Well, most shipping companies have announced they will stop passage through the Red Sea and the Suez Canal due to the Houthi attacks. We did discuss that. And I also want to point out that it's not just the Houthis, it's Hezbollah, it's Hamas. We have a crazy situation happening in the Middle East. If it's not World War III yet, it's about to be. But you guys, I don't understand why people aren't calling this World War III already. So... Um, weird Gaza expectations. Defense Minister Gallant, following the achievement in the north of the Gaza Strip, which is deepening control every day, we will soon be able to start a differential combat plan. Interesting. There will be places in the Gaza Strip where we will start working to restore the civilian population under a different leadership, non-hostile elements, while in other places intense fighting will continue. We have cross-stage goals, such as eliminating the Hamas leadership and denying its capabilities. Together with our partners, we are building the humanitarian ways that will operate in Gaza the day after, led by local officials who are not hostile to Israel. So I just want to point out that this is Defense Minister Gallant stating this. So it can't be more clear. It can't be more transparent. Israel is not trying to do ethnic cleansing. They are not trying to do genocide. There are many, many issues in war, especially in a civilian zone. And next week, I am going to have an Army Special Forces person come on here and talk with us. So that's going to be really great. So make sure to hit the notification bell 
so you get all the notifications from me and you know like who I have on. I've been really lucky to have a lot of very interesting, knowledgeable guests come on here and talk to me. What I'm doing is reporting the news and then I'm getting really lucky with some awesome guests that are coming on to give their perspective and talk from their knowledge points, their viewpoints, their advantage points. So I'm really excited to talk with the army specialist on civilian combat zones. Um, Hamas parades three elderly hostages in a video begging for Israel to stop the war to allow them to be released. Yeah, so we don't share those videos on here. I don't share them on Hatikva News Instagram either. You also shouldn't share those videos. If you see them, report them. This is, um, the word I'm looking for will come to me. But it's it's psychological abuse. It's psychological warfare. We do not want to spread those videos, so please don't do that. And aid enters through Karim Shalom border crossing. Now listen, you guys. There has been tons and tons and tons of aid sent to Gaza. Hamas is stealing all of the aid. I know I say this all the time, but... There are many news outlets and many people still reporting that Gaza needs aid. Well, yes, I agree with you. They do need aid. Why do they need aid? Because Hamas has stolen all of the aid we've already given them. So there's that. So shipping, high-risk zone. Another update on the shipping. I told you we're going to bounce around a little bit here. London International Marine Insurers declare... Red Sea and nearby areas, high-risk zone with high-risk rates. I did mention this yesterday when we were talking about shipping, but that has been finalized today. The insurance rates are going up, and we talked about that yesterday. And it's official. Uh, Israel government politics. Although the war is not over and the situation with Hezbollah and Shia militias in Syria can explode at any moment... Polls and the future of the Israeli government is the talk of some. That's reported by Channel 12, and here are the polls. Poll scenario one. If the elections were held today, Netanyahu's block would be on 44, Gantz more than twice as much as Netanyahu, and Shmotrik below the percentage of approval, Ben Gavir, the only one who is strong from the current coalition. Let me backtrack for a second. Right now, the Israeli government has built a coalition during wartime. It literally has everybody I just mentioned and a few more other people I'm about to mention on this coalition. It's all hands on deck situation. Netanyahu himself said, nobody worry about politics right now. Nobody worry about all of that. We, they even push the elections until things calm down because obviously right now, like it's hard for people to go vote. We are a democracy. There will be elections held, but currently... Uh, I believe it's pushed until February 17th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that's just because there's a coalition government right now, all hands on deck. It's like having 15 prime ministers right now. Okay, you guys, like, it's working out fine. They're doing what they need to do. And so this is discussing maybe who will win once we have elections. Hopefully the war will end in February and we'll have elections and then we'll do gay pride and everybody will be happy again. God willing. Poll scenario two. Assuming that Bennett, Yossi Cohen, and Yair Golan join the race, a fairly reasonable assumption, dramatic changes. 
Gantz, 23. Netanyahu crashes to 15. Lapid crashes to 10. And Smotrick is still not passing. So I guess Smotrick is just out. He needs to go figure out what he's going to do with his life after the coalition government. Um, in such a case, it is not all clear who the prime minister is. <laughs> and the picture will be even more chaotic. It is only clear that Gantz would have a very difficult task forming a government and Netanyahu, almost impossible task of surviving. Yeah, so if you guys don't know anything about Israeli politics, um, Netanyahu is in a lot of trouble. He is facing criminal indictments, um, all sorts of stuff. And then also, he's like really right-wing. He does a lot for the settlers. And, you know, you have seen that that's causing some issues around the world. So there's a lot of people who want change. And as I always say, Israel is a democracy. There's lots of different voices. There's lots of different opinions. And you can't just assume that everybody loves Bibi Netanyahu and that everybody is a right-wing settler or a colonizer or whatever. That's just not the case. I realize that this isn't a history lesson, but I thought I'd throw it out there because we're talking about politics. So, the Israel public wants the right-wing government to choose center-right parties that are not part of the current coalition. The Israeli public flocks to them in droves per the polls. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. Gantz in this case is that center-right, a significant transition away from Lapid. Lapid would be center-left. So we're talking more of like a middle ground, right? So not Trump, but not Biden. Somebody in the middle. All right, and I'm still talking about Israeli politics. That was just a metaphor. Okay, so the IDF has detected recent launches from Syria towards Israel. The projectiles landed in open areas, prompting an alert on the Homefront Command app. In response, IDF artillery, artiller, artillery targeted the firing sources and tank hit a Syrian army post. I have a video of that for you. Sorry again if you are listening to this on a podcast platform. You will have to come to YouTube and here it is. So it's kind of funny. Israel is like super high tech and everything. And then some of these videos that I'm getting, it looks like it's like from World War One. But anyways, that was today. And um, that was the targeting of a tank at a Syrian army post. Additionally, there were launches from Lebanon towards Kiryat Shmona and um, there was some remains of rocket fired from Friday found in a preschool in Jerusalem. So you guys, like, even though we have the Iron Dome, the Iron Dome hits the rockets, but then shrapnel has to go somewhere. It doesn't just obliterate into dust into the air, okay? It's falling somewhere. It's going somewhere. There was a video a few weeks ago of a guy just, like, walking down Tel Aviv Street, and one of the rocket shrapnel fell literally, like, an inch in front of his face. So that could have been really bad. 
he got lucky. Baruch Hashem. Um, okay, so we talked about Noah. That was being reported by NBC, in case anybody wanted to know where I got that information from. Um, all right, so while dozens of hostages were freed by the Hamas terrorist organization during the November ceasefire deal, mostly women and children are well-known hostage was among them. A video published of Noah Argamani, 26, and her partner Avinantan Orr being kidnapped from the Nova Music Festival. In the video, Nova could be seen screaming in terror and reaching for her partner as she was driven away on the back of a motorcycle. According to this investigation by NBC News, the reason Noah was not included among the hostage released last month may be that she was never in Hamas captivity, but was instead kidnapped by a mob of Gazan civilians who accompanied the Hamas terrorists terrorist across the border and took part in the atrocities of October 7th. The conclusion was based on analysis of text messages, phone records, satellite images, and human sources from the scene, as well as the position of the sun in the video of the kidnapping. So, some for forensic analysis there for all of you. Other possible explanation given for Noah's continued captivity from of Hamas, Hamas's refusal to release the final 19 women being held in Gaza, and the possibility that several hostages have been unalived in Israeli airstrikes in Gaza. Hamas has used this excuse that others have been holding certain captives to explain why certain hostages have not been released. For example, Hamas has claimed to have handed over the Bibis family, including 4-year-old Ariel and 11-month-old Kafir, the youngest hostage, to another terrorist organization to explain why the Bibis children have not been release, released. Hamas later claimed, without offering any evidence or proof, that the Bibis children and their mother Shiri were unalived by Israeli airstrikes, and there was also reports and video footage of Hamas telling the father-slash-husband of the Bibis family this news. It was horrific. Again, we do not post those videos. I have to say something about this before I move on to the rest of the news. Hamas controls the Gaza Strip. They are the gangsters of the Gaza Strip. They know all, they see all, they control all. So the fact that they are making up these excuses or reasonings, lies, whatever it is, the story keeps changing, right? I believe that Hamas knows exactly what happened to every hostage and exactly what happened to the women, where they are, why they're not being released. This is a multi-billion dollar terrorist organization. So the fact that people keep giving them this like benefit of the doubt, like they don't really know what's going on. They're just civilians. They're not an army. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. No. No, you guys. They have built massive infrastructure with billions of aid dollars. They worked on the plan of October 7th for eight years. That 
data came out yesterday. They worked on the October 7th plan for eight years. Imagine what they could have been doing for the people of Gaza in the eight years that they were talking about attacking Israel. Planning for that. So this is a highly sophisticated terrorist network with multi-billions of dollars of aid money that they have stolen. So I don't give them any benefit of the doubt on that they don't have this or that or whatever. That they don't know this or that or whatever. Um, okay. So let's talk about combating anti-Semitism. That is what this whole podcast was actually started about. Deborah Lipstadt, the U.S. Special Envoy to Combat Anti-Semitism, tells what she believes to be causing the rising anti-Semitism in the USA. Deborah Lipstadt, U.S. President Joe Biden's special envoy to combat anti-Semitism, spoke to Yanir Kazin on Galiz Zahal about her experiences visiting communities struck by the Hamas invasion. Quote, I knew what happened. I saw the video. I heard the voices. But to stand there and see the houses full of shrapnel and blown up by RPGs, it was disturbing in a way that I'll never forget, unquote. She commented on the comparisons of the massacre to the Holocaust, quote, I don't think it damages the memory of the Holocaust, but it's different. Back then, there was no state of Israel, and there was no Holocaust for us to compare things to. There is no need to compare this to the Holocaust to show how horrifying it was, unquote. I completely, completely agree. Just because we say never again is now doesn't mean that we are comparing the atrocities of October 7th to the Holocaust. Yes, there are many, many resemblances, and I won't go into all those gory details right now, but... We say never again is now because of the rising anti-Semitism and the bigotry and the violence that we are seeing towards Jews. And that is why the never again is now statement is still relevant. So, it's very hard to compare anything to the Holocaust, which not only killed 6 million Jews, but also ostracized and imprisoned and used slave labor for anybody who was not of the Aryan race. She discussed the phenomenon of anti-Semitism in the United States of America. Quote, you would have to be willfully blind to say there is no anti-Semitism in the USA, but to call it a center of anti-Semitism is to exaggerate. Most Jews live as they did before October 7th. Even on campus, most people are not concerned with anti-Semitism or what is going on between Israel and Gaza. What is happening here is that the anti-Semites have started to show themselves more. Well, I do not agree with that statement at all. And if you are listening to me, comment below. I have a feeling you also disagree with that statement. Let me tell you, the Jews do live very differently since October 7th. 
the Jews are encountering problems on campus. We are concerned with anti-Semitism. And everybody knows what's going on in Israel and Gaza and is blaming the Jews and America for the war. That is what is happening. And the fact, who is this? Deborah Lipstadt, U.S. President Joe Biden's special envoy to combat anti-Semitism. Well, she probably needs to be fired. I would suggest that she be fired. I'd be happy to take her job for her. All right, let's keep going. So there was a shooting attack near Hebron. Hebron is technically in the West Bank. There are Jewish settlers there. If you go watch my debunking the viral anti-Israel video, I talk all about the West Bank. I'll link that to the description below when I'm done chatting with you if you want to get a history lesson. Uh, Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Saturday evening spoke at a press conference with Defense Minister Yoav Gallant and Minister Benny Gantz. Quote, Citizens of Israel, we are fighting a war for our existence in which we are committed to fight until victory. Despite international pressure and the unbearable heavy prices that the war is exacting from us and our precious sons and daughters, the state of Israel mourns the tragic death of the three of our hostages, Alon Shamriz, Samir Talaka, and Yotam Haim. When I was updated about the terrible tragedy, it struck me hard. Alone, Samar and Yotam survived hell for 72 days. They were almost one step from freedom. They had touched redemption and then disaster struck. It broke my heart. It broke the entire country's heart. Our heart goes out to the families in their time of deep mourning. At this difficult time, it is important for me to stand by our soldiers. They are giving their lives to achieve a crushing victory over our enemies and return our hostages. We are doing and will do everything to safeguard the lives of our soldiers, each and every one of them, and we will use all means so that they are not hurt. Since the tragedy yesterday, I have been haunted by one thought. What would have happened if something had been different? I am certain that we are all thinking the same. We were so close to hugging them now, but sadly we cannot turn the clock back. Anyone who has fought on the battlefield knows that the distance between victory and tragedy is a hair's breadth. In the midst of all of this pain, we will learn and implement the lessons and we will not relent in the military and diplomatic effort to safely return all of our hostages. Netanyahu continued, With all of the deep sorrow, I would like to clarify. The military pressure is essential both for returning the hostages and achieving victory over our enemies. Without the military pressure, we would not have succeeded in creating an outline that led to the release of 110 hostages. And only continued military pressure will lead to the release of all of our hostages. 
My directive to the negotiating team is based on this pressure, which we, which without we would have nothing. On Thursday evening, we lit the last candle of Hanukkah. In those days, in the fight for our existence, four of the five Hasmoneans fell and ensured the victory of Israel over an enemy that wanted to eradicate our people. In these days, in fierce battles in Jabalia, Sajaya, Kanyunes, and other places, the Maccabees of our time have fallen in the fight against an enemy that wants to destroy us. We have lost dear heroes, soldiers, and commanders of unparalleled bravery and dedication. Heroes that fell in battle so that we might continue to live in our land, so that the thread of our lives will not be cut. Together with you, citizens of Israel, I stand by the bereaved families. I cry with them. Coming from a bereaved family, I know that until their last day, they will not stop missing their loved ones and crying over what and who they have lost. I spoke with the widow and parents of Lieutenant Colonel Tomer Greenberg, the commander of the Golani Brigade, 13th Battalion, who fell heroically this week together with his soldiers and those under his command. I told him what I say to all of my brothers and sisters from bereaved families. I know that the pain which rends your heart will never relent, but there is one comfort. To ensure that our heroes will not have fallen in vain, to ensure that we will continue to fight until absolute victory is achieved. Netanyahu stressed, I also made this determination clear to U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, with whom I met on Thursday. I greatly appreciate the U.S. support for Israel and the assistance in returning our hostages and the supply of munitions for the IDF and blocking the attempts at the UN to stop the fighting, and in other things, I reiterate to our friends, we are more determined than ever to continue to the end until we eliminate Hamas, return all of our hostages, and ensure that with God's help, there will not be any element that educates for terrorism, financial terrorism, and dispatches terrorism. I say this to the entire world. Many around the world understand this, and I report it this evening as well. This is not politics, but policy. This is my policy, and today I can say, this is the desire of the vast majority of the country. I will not allow us to replace Hamastin with Fatastin. That we replace Kanyunas with Janine. I will not allow the state of Israel to repeat the fateful mistakes of Oslo, which brought to the heart of our country and to Gaza the most extreme elements in the Arab world which are committed to the destruction of the state of Israel and who educate their children to this end. I'm going to pause here on his speech. Please go watch the debunking viral anti-Israel video that I did. I gave you so much information that if you don't understand what Bibi is talking about here, you will after you watch that video. The debate between Hamas and Fatah is not whether to eliminate the state of Israel, but how to do it. According to a poll that was carried out a few days ago, 82% of the Palestinian population in Judea and Samaria, Judea and Samaria 
justifies the horrific massacre of October 7th. I'd like to repeat that. According to a poll that was done just a few days ago, 82%, 82% of Palestinians in Judea and Samaria justify the horrific massacre of October 7th. As of this moment, the Palestinian Authority senior leadership simply refuses to condemn the massacre and some of them even praise it openly. They will control Gaza on the day after? Question mark. Haven't we learned anything? Question mark. As the Prime Minister of Israel, I will not allow that to happen. It is important to make this clear now because friends tell the truth and not foster illusions. How much more so on an existential and fateful issue such as this? Then I reiterate to our friends, after the elimination of Hamas, the Gaza Strip will be demilitarized, will be under Israeli security control, and no element in it will either threaten us or educate its children to destroy us. I want to tell you, citizens of Israel, that while victory will take time, we are determined to continue until the end, despite the immense pain, despite the bereavement that rends our hearts, despite the international pressure, we will continue until the end. Nothing will stop us until we achieve victory. Together we will fight, and with God's help, together we will win. Wow. So, great speech by Bibi Netanyahu. I am going to take a sip of my drink. I hope some of you are actually watching this whole thing, because that was a lot. Um, I do want to say, and I've mentioned this in other videos, so if you've already heard me say this, pardon me for repeating for any new people watching, but a lot of the families of the fallen soldiers and the fallen hostages have said, do not let our children's blood be in vain. Finish the job. Now, I do understand that in Bibi's speech that I just read, He's talking about how Israel will be under military control. However, there are many plans for Gazans to run civil order. Now, in the West Bank, areas A, B, and C are divided differently. And if you go on my debunking viral, viral anti-Israel video, my video hasn't gone viral, but somebody else's anti-Israel video went viral and I debunked it. So please go watch it. Please share it. It's going to give you a lot of information. I say this because I assume that Gaza is ultimately going to end up looking like Area B. So Area B in the West Bank does not have Jewish, Jewish settlers. It does not have Israeli civilians. What it does have is Israeli military control around the borders protecting Israel from terrorism. And then inside of Area B, actually currently the Palestinian Authority runs it. That is not going to happen in Gaza. One, Bibi just said that. And a week ago, I knew there was no way Israel was going to let that happen. And Kamala Harris stood up there in, was she in Doha? I think she was. She was in Qatar. Was she in Doha? Or Dubai? She was in some Middle Eastern country giving some speech about how the Palestinian Authority is going to run Gaza. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. All right. So 
Uh, this has been a longer video than I really wanted it to be. I was hoping to get it under 30 minutes. Let me just say a few things. Our war is against Hamas, not the people of Gaza. It's so true, you guys. It's true. Now, it turns out there are Gazan civilians who seem to be just as bad as Hamas. But I am sure the children and the women, they're innocent. They need to get to safety. I believe that with my whole heart. Um, one, Egypt could open its border. Wouldn't that be great? Or two, you know, some international countries can pull up some cruise ships and collect all the women and children on board for a minute. And three, we have evacuated civilians in Gaza to safe zones and then Hamas decided to go use those safe zones too and Hamas decided to shoot rockets from those safe zones. So they are making the safe zones unsafe. So that's not very useful. I just, Hamas is absolutely ridiculous. They have to go. And if you haven't seen the video of Hamas stealing all the aid and throwing some rice bags out to the Gazan civilians like they are peasants, it's sickening. It's disgusting. This is not how aid distribution is supposed to work. And anybody out there who wants to free Palestine and help the Gazan people should agree with me. We need to get rid of Hamas. Hamas is stealing all the aid. Hamas is stealing all the money. Hamas is stealing all the food. Continuously. Countries keep giving aid, and Hamas keeps stealing it. All right, last but not least, this is going to be the end of the video. I do really want to talk about the U.S. military declaring a coalition of 10 nations to counter the Houthi attacks in the Red Sea. I did a whole video on the Houthi shipping, Houthis attacking the shipping container ships and the oil vessels and everything yesterday. And then... Okay, now the U.S. is acting, and I said the U.S. needs to, like, hurry up and make some quick decisions here and figure out what the F is going on and take care of this. So, U.S. Secretary of Defense Austin says, The United States stands firmly alongside Israel resolute in our commitment. In the Red Sea, we lead a multinational maritime task force to safeguard the fundamental principle of freedom of navigation. Iran's backing of Houthi attacks on commercial vessels must cease. He declared the formation of a multinational force to safeguard Red Sea trade post-Houthi attacks. The force boasts members such as Bahrain, Great Britain, Canada, France, the Netherlands, Norway, Seychelles, Spain, and good old USA, notably missing are Arab nations, particularly Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, known for their historical conflicts with the Houthis. As of now, Bahrain stands as the sole representative of Arab countries and the multinational force. We continue to equip Israel with essential defenses from critical munitions to tactical vehicles and air defense systems. Our support extends to Israel's mission to locate and liberate all hostages. Our discussion focuses on advancing Israel's lasting security by addressing immediate needs. 
All right, so there's a coalition of 10 countries that are going to try to regain control of the Red Sea and Suez Canal. I hope that goes swiftly and great. Yemen, uh, if you go and watch my video about the Houthis yesterday, I showed a video of Yemen's propaganda and how they say they are ready to retaliate if anybody wants to fight them. And so is it just a lot of talk? Are they going to just back off? Um, I guess we'll see. But I still think what I said yesterday, go ahead and get some groceries, get some canned food. If this doesn't get sorted out quickly, inflation's going to rise more and all of the things that we get from China and India and all around the world are going to take even longer to get here because they're going to have to go a different route or ground shipping or whatever. So there's that. Um... So, oh, right, so kind of what I was saying, Yemen responds to this coalition saying, we will sink your fleets, we will attack ships, chemical and oil tankers, Singapore shipping says they will stop shipping to Israel, and Euronav says they will stop all their ships through the Red Sea. So, like, as of yesterday, there were five or six giant shipping companies already that were stopping all of their travel through the Red Sea. This does not only affect Israel. This affects the world, you guys. This is global. So it's Europe. It's the United States. It's everybody. And it's in both directions. So it's causing, it's going to cause a lot of importing, exporting issues right now. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, Egypt has already lost $100 million in shipping revenue in the past month. So, yeah, not, not good. Not good. Hezbollah claims to have destroyed two IDF dome batteries with artillery, and there was an alert in the area. They say they attacked. However, Iron Dome can shoot incoming artillery. Artillery. Sorry, I said that wrong twice. Uh, there's no IDF confirmation on that. It sounds kind of weird. I wouldn't believe anything the Hezbollah says. And whatever small issue there may have been, I'm sure Israel will fix it pretty fast so nothing to worry about there too much um ongoing and growing fighting with hezbollah is still a diplomatic issue that's how i started the video i showed you all those infographics all right wow there was a lot of news today you guys i'm still going i really didn't want this video to be this long but i hope you're still with me so Jordan and Syria border battle, fighting between the Jordanian army and a group of militants operating under Hezbollah in Iran who are trying to smuggle rockets into the West Bank. A Jordanian soldier killed. Other reports say drug dealer close to Hezbollah instead of militants. I don't know, that's kind of weird. The captured militants are shown which a selection of clay mine, claymore mines, shoulder rockets, and missile warheads. I'm really excited to have the Army Specialist on next week so he can tell us like more about this from his brilliant, educated perspective because I can only report the news, not explain that necessarily. Um, and then on the Red Sea Coalition, any update? Just reiterating that Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Oman, and of course Israel are not included 
nor are any Arab countries except for Bahrain. Yeah, Bahrain is the only one. Yemen says that the Yemeni defense minister says, we have what will sink your fleets and your ships and your submarines and your aircraft carriers, and the Red Sea will be your graveyard. Well, we shall see what happens. And um, this report here that I have says the oil and chemical transport ship Swan Atlantic was attacked by a suicide drone and an anti-ship ballistic missile. I have a feeling I reported that yesterday in the shipping video that I did. The Houthi, Our Modern Day Pirates. That's what it's called if you want to go watch it. It's called Our Modern Day Pirates. I believe I already reported that. Um, unless it's another Swan Atlantic. So I'm not sure about that, guys. I might be double reporting that, but there you go. Um, and hostage negotiations, uh, there is no discussion or negotiation for a prison deal. This is something Hamas says. I don't really care what they say. I'm moving on. This has been a long video already. Uh, sorry, stand by, stand by. National Security Minister says... When you want to make a bad decision, you don't bring in fuel fuel trucks and don't make truces. Oh, when you want to make a decision, you don't bring in fuel trucks and don't make truces. There must be a free hand to implement the death penalty law for terrorists to set a clear equation. Every day that the hostages do not return, another Hamas is executed. Okay, this is just chatter. This is not actually, um, this has not been passed in Parliament. I don't want that to get confused. But this is what the Minister of National Security, Itamar Ben-Gavir, presented. Um, I don't think that's going to fly because that's just going to rile everything up. I have said in the past you have to you have to show a strong hand in the Middle East in order to be taken seriously. That might be too strong. I think that's going a little overboard. We'll see what happens. That's his suggestion. That's what he's been quoted saying. I don't think that's going to go anywhere. Um, there was a New York Times article that came out, and Mossad is claiming BS. So the New York Times did an, an investigation according to which Netanyahu ignored the Mossad's warnings regarding the Hamas financial network. Yeah, and Mossad is saying no, like, fake news. Honestly, the New York Times needs to get their act together. They have been doing many, many, many reports that are false or misinformation. I don't even like repeating that kind of stuff on here. But anyways, Mossad calls the New York Times a liar. So there you go. The North is still a diplomatic issue. Well, yeah, it is. Um, and Defense Minister Gallant is saying we won't hesitate to attack the North. Yeah, uh, Defense Minister Gallant, he is just all out, ready for war. He just, he's not messing around. He is not messing around. Um, Ashkelon was evacuated, and it looks like starting tomorrow... And the next coming week, 
kindergartens are going to get back into full swing and other schools and people are going to be able to go back to normal life in Ashkelon. So that's really good. Um, there was a rocket barrage from Gaza into Tel Aviv's central Israel and surroundings. One missed and hit the sea. So far, no reports of injuries. Um, guys, I lived in Israel for six years, seven years, and like four of those years I was in Tel Aviv. I love Tel Aviv a lot. Um, Israel evacuated 300,000 civilians from the south and the north and moved most of them to the center and some of them to Elat. And the center is supposed to be safe. So that's kind of scary that uh, rocket barrages got through the Iron Dome and one hit the sea. You're always on the beach in Tel Aviv. Um, so that's 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 a little scary, actually. Um, all right. So you guys, there's all sorts of stuff going on. Lebanon, Hezbollah, Houthis in Yemen, Hamas in Gaza. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in the West Bank, Judea and Samaria. We were talking about that smuggling that of weapons and bombs that were trying to get into the West Bank. And um, the IDF just continues to find Hamas military equipment inside of hospitals and schools and civilian areas and medical equipment devices. Like one was like in a NICU incubator last week and it was full of weapons. So Hamas is absolutely ridiculous, and Israel is, they're going and they're searching everything, and they're finding everything. Uh, hostage deal. Egypt says, senior officials in Cairo, in coordination with Qatar, informed officials in the American administration of the difficulty in reaching an agreement to release hostages between Israel and Hamas, similar to the previous agreement. The reason... Hamas adheres to the condition of an immediate ceasefire and non-participation in negotiations as long as the IDF attacks continue. I'd like to point out, yes, we did have a ceasefire and the hostage-prisoner swap was going really well and then Hamas refused to give the next day's list of the hostages that they were going to release even though Israel had prisoners ready and Hamas broke the ceasefire and started firing off rockets again. So that is why ultimately that agreement collapsed because Hamas wouldn't give a list of who they were releasing and they started firing off rockets. Israel was ready. We had the prisoners to hand over. We were ready. Um... Israel GI Bill, the Foreign Affairs and Defense Committee approved the bill Dimensions for Studies, which stipulates full funding of a degree for released fighters, and it will be put to a final vote tomorrow. Coalition Chairman Ophir Katz. Katz. This is such an important and just bill. They deserve it by right and not by grace. They give 100%. They deserve 100%. So in Israel, they already have free education um i believe after you've served the military as long as you're studying in hebrew or it's just like really 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 reduced and then on top of that even if you want to study in english 
it's nothing like the cost of universities in America or Europe. It is very reasonably priced. However, they are totally right. Our soldiers should get everything 100% free. All of their tuition, all of their books, all of their meals even. Feed the soldiers, give them everything. And also, while they're in duty, while they're soldiers, they get paid like a penance. It is nothing. They barely get paid anything. They should really up their wages while they're at it, too. Um, who is still shipping is one of the questions. And it says, currently Qatar is the only one still shipping through the Red Sea, which ships liquefied natural gas to Europe. Another ship was attacked. The container ship Clara dedicated detected an explosion near it in the water all right you guys there's so much information this video has almost been an hour already um there's tunnel fights happening ids special forces inside a significant terror tunnel in the heart of gaza city and the beginning of ground operations the gaza strip the idf forces have located approximately 1500 shafts and tunnel routes of hamas most of the underground infrastructures that have been exposed have been located in schools, hospi hospitals, mosques, UN, which stands for United Nations Facilities, and civilian institutions. So, there's that. Um, it does look like there is a video here. Let me show you that. Um, there are employees in the hospital who are military operatives of Ez Adin Al Qasim. Doctors, nurses, paramedics, clerks, staff. Um, they hide in hospitals because they believe that a hospital is a safe place. They will not be harmed if they are inside of a hospital. Well, that's true. Israel doesn't bomb hospitals, but the IDF will go inside of hospitals and search for Hamas militants weapons whatever um idf says we have gained operational control of jabalia major hamas neighborhood of gaza city 1000 terrorists were eliminated 500 terrorists were captured of which 70 are murderers who participated in the october 7th massacre the Houthis say they warn Bahrain they will perform terror attacks in their country against military or government sites and show off pictures of sea mines being prepared for deployment in the sea. Yemeni warplanes fly over the Red Sea. And question, question, question mark, they have aircrafts. I guess so. And um, Reuters says Hamas did not agree to negotiations for the release of prisoners. The news agency quoted a senior Hamas official as saying that the organization did not accept negotiations for a prisoner exchange while the war continues, but was open to any initiative to end the conflict. So to summarize, Americans say negotiations, unnamed officials say Mossad, CIA, and Qatar meeting in Europe. Hamas locals says no negotiations. Hamas overseas says no negotiations. Israeli officials say negotiations. Hamas says Israel saying that it is to fool their own public. I don't give a rat's bottom what Hamas says. They are liars. They are terrorists. 
And obviously, America, Mossad, the CIA, and Israel are all trying to negotiate. Qatar is practically Hamas, but it says they're also trying to negotiate. So, whatever, you guys. I'm going to show you this video, and that's going to be it for today. Okay, guys, well, thank you for sticking with me this whole hour. I hope you had fun. Uh, I know that the news can be really depressing and kind of annoying, but I hope that my voice and my face and my sarcasm helps it go down a little easier. And please subscribe to the channel. Join the team. I have a link for Calendly if you want to book a time to chat with me. Even if you're pro-Palestine or if you have a friend that's pro-Palestine, send them my Calendly link. I would love to have an open, honest dialogue with somebody of a different perspective from me. I also am technically pro-Palestine. I believe in their right to self-determination. But I also believe in the right of Israel to exist as the indigenous land of my people and for them to not be hurt. So much love to you all. Please like, subscribe, do all the stuff. Follow me on Hatikva News Instagram. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you had fun.